Hello, folks. I am your host, Jake Fowler. This is the Hunger for the Hustle podcast, episode 76. We are live to the world on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. It will go out on Instagram afterwards, and it's available on Spotify and lots more audio platforms soon. My guest today, Genesis Amaris Kemp, is a motivational speaker, a visionary, a self-development advocate, and author of The Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. Love that title. Can't wait to learn more about that book. Genesis, how are you today? I am doing well, Jake. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's a bright, sunny, warm day in Melbourne. I think it's already over 30 degrees, and it's not even 20 past 10 in the morning. So we're in for a hot, sticky one, but I'm cool with that. I can deal with it. I've got the AC on. Everything's going pretty well. How about yeah. you? Well, it's a cold day in Texas. I'm in Houston, so um, there's been parts of Texas that is having snow, which is unusual for uh, Texas. We don't get a lot of snow, but other than that, I am doing excellent. That's awesome. It's nice to get a bit of snow there when you don't usually get it. I mean, it could have been a bit better. It could have been at Christmas. Did you get any snow at Christmas time, actually? We actually had a white Christmas this year. We went Did to Colorado. You? Yeah, we went to Colorado. Okay. okay. I was going to say, because it's pretty, that would be super rare to get a white Christmas in Texas, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's strange. That's cool. No, it's always nice to get um, some unusual stuff happening with weather all around the world, isn't it? But sometimes it works in your favor. It's kind of works out okay. Yes, very much so. <laughs> now, let's talk about your book. It came out in May last year. And it's called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, which I know it's right on cue. Fantastic. Brilliant. Yes. I love the cover as well. It's bright, colorful, and bold, which is how all books should be. Thank you. Pick out on the shelf. Where did the idea come from? Tell us more about the name. Um, just just tell us more. It's 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 a it's a name that it's it would stick out to me. I think I do just anything any kind of title of a book that makes me ask a question in my mind, I instantly want to know more about. Yes, that's what I was going for. I wanted a title of the book that was not on only controversial, but also a title that will make people do a double take and be like, hey, I wonder what that book's about. So the title of the book really stemmed from me being an African-American woman where I got tired of people saying, oh, you're black or you're African-American. So I wanted to put a spin on it, but also be cute with it too. So I was like, okay, I'm a chocolate drop. And you can't really say Hershey Kiss because you don't want to be sued by the Hershey company. So <laughs> I was like, I'm a chocolate drop and I work in corporate America. So I just merged the two together and that came that uh, became the main title of the book. And then the subtitle, From the Pit to the Palace, Sometimes you have to go through dark seasons in order to get to your glory seasons. So um, in life, we all go through a pit, whether it's depression, whether it's bullying, whether it's failures. And then those things that we go through help us um, talk about our stories of victory and triumph. So that is where um, the palace comes into place. So as you see, it's from the pit to the palace. I like it. Makes sense, and um, it's yeah. It seems a bit mystical on the front end of it, but it's quite easy to explain and break down. And how long did it take you to put the book together? You know, just from the idea, the concept to actually having it there in your hand. 
So it took me about two months to write the book. I wrote the entire book on my cell phone because I did not have a laptop at the time. And it wasn't until my publisher needed all the information um, to be submitted. She's like, I suggest you get a laptop. So my husband was gracious <laughs> to support me and buy me a laptop. And I transferred everything from my phone to my laptop. So I just I say that to let people know if you're thinking about writing a book and you don't have the resources, use what you have until you could get the resources. So don't make any excuses to not do what you were called to do. Yeah, exactly right. Just get it done. Um, doesn't matter even you could even get it down on pen and paper. You're probably gonna have to put it somewhere digital eventually for an editor. But um yeah just do what you can where you are with what you have, right? Get yeah. get cracking, get cracking as they as, as, as they say in England. <laughs> crack cracking. the whip. Yeah, crack the whip, crack the whip. That's it. Now, is it, it the book's obviously based on your your own challenges and your own journey within corporate America? Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, and how long have you been in the corporate American space industry? However, you do. What to so, call it? I've been in the oil and gas and energy sector for 11 and a half years and total amount of time in, in corporate has been about 15 years. Right, that's, that's, a, that's a long time. And the oil and gas industry, that's super interesting because that's an industry typically mostly men in that industry. And I bet you had to prove yourself, you know, as, as a woman there, you know, they're probably going to go, oh, yeah, women can't do it the same as we can do. Uh, of course, they actually can. But I bet you have to do a bit of a um, bit of a uh, bit of how can I put this a bit of um, trials and tribulations and just show, show the guys how it's done. Yes. Time and time again. And you definitely have to prove your worth. You have to um, stick to your guns and don't compromise your morals, your values, or your characteristics in order to appease the men. So you really have to know who you are and don't let them tell you what you aren't. Mm, I like that, yeah, know your, know your worth and never settle for any less. Yes. Now let's talk about like some, some challenges along the way, particularly you know, with in that role, in the job, and, and even with the book as well, because I'm, I'm working on a book at the moment and uh, I know as, as well as I'm sure you do, you're further along the journey, you've got it out there, but it brings its its own challenges along the way. Congratulations on your book. Thanks. Yes, so um, working on a book, it does have its challenges, like am I going to self-publish versus am I going to go with a publisher? Am I going to get my book on Amazon or do I want to go for the brick and mortar stores like your Barnes and Nobles, Half Price Books, Books a Millions, and all of those big books? Um, then there's writer's block. Sometimes you don't really feel like writing because you may have had a long day at your nine to five job. You may have, you know, life happens and you're tired or people have kids or whatever the case may be. So you're like, oh, I'll write tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you're like, oh, I'll write tomorrow again. So you get further and further back with your writing journey. But what really helped me is journaling. So writing every day, at least something that happened 
during that day. And then you could take all of those notes that you have and build upon it. So a tip that I like to give writers who are just starting out is you could either write one paragraph a day, write a page a day, or write a chapter a day. So you have one, one, one. So you do whatever is most attainable to you and start from there. And as you get in your groove, then you build upon it. And also finances could play a piece into when you release your book, how you're going to market it and et cetera. When my book came out, I didn't take the marketing package because it was my first time releasing a book. And then I didn't want to spend a lot of money on marketing if I wasn't sure how well the book would sell. So I did a lot of trial and errors, market myself on Instagram, go on various podcasts like I'm doing now, um, partner with other people who are doing great things and really just learning. And the key is to have fun while you're going through the learning process because that's when you'll start to really see yourself grow and you'll start to see your dreams become manifestations because if you never go through the brunt work how are you going to appreciate the dirty the dirty work that you did you know really hitting your knees to the pavement hitting the ground running if you really never took time to really cultivate yeah yeah exactly right and i think in the grand scheme of how long it took you to put the book together and, and there's a lot of moving parts as you've just mentioned you know life gets in the way writer's block gets in the way um i, I know i know you're um a, a wife, i know you're married i know you're a sister as well you've also got family stuff going on there i know you ha um, you're a religious lady so there's probably some commitments there as well all these things take up your time right and they take up your and, and there's financial things as well, as particularly if you're you're self-financing your own book, which can be an expensive thing, particularly if you don't do it in the right way. But I think in the grand scheme of things, two months it took you to actually write it. That's quite a short period of time. Sometimes it takes people many, many months or even years or tens of years to write a book. Did you already have, you know, the idea in your mind for a long time before you actually started getting it written down? So, uh, yes. So before I started the book, it was the book was really stemmed out of frustration, um, just having those battles with a woman boss at the time. And the fact that we're both women in corporate America, she was a Caucasian boss. And, you know, of course, I'm African-American and just her not really seeing the value in me at the time and us really butting heads was a big discouragement and after i had a performance review and a meeting with her that's where the book really jump started where i left that conversation feeling on edge i left it feeling like as if i did not matter to the corporation even though i was putting in the work and my work was speaking for itself and i also had the metrics to back it up so after that conversation, I really pulled out my phone. I kid you not, my phone is like my baby. And I put in my phone, chocolate drop in corporate America. And I wrote about three sentences. I wasn't even thinking about a book at that time, but little did I know those three sentences turned into a book that's 102 pages. And it's all about, you know, taking the seeds that were given in life and planting those seeds in order to reap a harvest. So 
if I would never had been frustrated by a female boss who you would think should be in, you know, in partnership with you and not in competition with you, especially since we're both minorities in a sense in a male dominated workforce, we should be helping one another. It was the total opposite. So looking back now, I I thank her for that day. And, I, and I'm thankful for the disagreement because if it had not been for the disagreement and all the years of pain, agony, and suffering, I wouldn't have wrote my book today. Yeah, it's funny how you, you know, you, you took, the, took the gem out of that and polished it up. And, you know, you can either let the grindstone of life grind you down or polish you up. And you certainly did it polish you up. And the book was born. And that's fantastic because I'd imagine, Genesis, you're not alone with your journey and your story. I'd imagine there's a lot of women in corporate America who are African-American who have been through the same thing as you. And have you had much feedback from ladies in that position who have read the book or even the blog? I know there's a, a blog that you put on Facebook as well. I've had um, a, some good feedback from women and not just women, but men, because I tell people the book isn't just about, you know, my struggles. It isn't just about, you know, black people or African-Americans. It's about everyone being able to share their story, being unapologetically them, and really talking about how they took their trials and tribulations and they flipped the negative and turned it into a positive. So I talk about inclusion and diversity. What does that look like and what it looked like for me at the time? And I don't feel like inclusion and diversity is there to check the box. We definitely have to deep dive into it further. I also talk about how it's so important to rise above the limitations and the barriers that people put on you because sometimes people can see your worth and they could see it before you can realize the gems and the gifts and talents that you're carrying. So they try to discourage you from tapping into your full potential because they know once you realize who you fully are, there's no stopping you because you may, you know, go further than them and go faster than they did to get to where they are. And I feel like that isn't our fault. That's mainly an insecurity by them. And once you see that someone has a great gift and talent, we should look for ways to build partnerships with people because we could go further together than we can go alone. I also have a reflection section in the book where I think it's so important that not only you read the book, but you take time to reflect on certain quotes and you apply those quotes to your life. And then you do your own discovery exercise and think about reflection quotes or quotes that you could formulate to help you and really take time to journal, take time to grow and see what, okay, I'm in this season now. Why, what is the reason why I'm in this season and how can I be part of a solution versus be a problem? So I think in life we go through various seasons for different reasons and we have to take a step back to understand why we're going through certain things at various times. And it's all about self-awareness, self-care, and just really knowing who we are. And then another thing, too, that I wanted to point out, I'm going to hold the book up. So if you look at the cover of the book, you see a world in the background. The world is representative that these problems don't just happen in America, but they can happen worldwide. Then on the cover of the book, there's people from all nationalities as well as all industry professionals. So there's a 
there's a person in medicine, there's a finance person, construction, and so on. And that lets you know that no matter what industry you are a part of, these systemic issues can happen, whether it's workplace bullying, whether it's um, sexism, whether you go through nepotism, discrimination, all of these things take place, not just in corporate America, but in all industries. And then I want people to know that even the book cover shows inclusion and diversity. Take take aside the name Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, but look at the cover as a whole and see how this cover can speak to you. And I did this intentionally because I want people to know that this book can apply to anyone, no matter where you are. I think you've done that really well. I think you've combined the mystique of what does this mean? I need to know more. It makes you want to open the book with the title. And then on the front, the inclusion and the diversity with having everyone on there, because anyone who looks at that pretty much can go, okay, yeah, I could align with that. That, look, that, that looks, actually looks like me at work. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, inclusion, diversifying, but at the same time, a little bit mysterious. So good job with the cover. I think the cover's a bit, a part of a book that um, is really important but can get put kind of on the back burner because you're so focused on the content of what's actually in the book. And was it like the last thing you did or the first thing you did? Actually, hmm. I think it was like in the middle, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Now tell me about um we've talked about the challenges there and, and there's been many of there's been vast and there in fact there were big challenges for you before the book, which is interesting because that's what gave birth to the book. But moving on from that, what's been some big wins along the way? Of course, I imagine the day the book was published and it, and it came out and you could actually get a physical copy in your hand was a big win. Yes, that was a big win. Um, then after a few, I think it was a month or two after the book came out, I think it was around the time of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, so BLM, then I was tapped, tapped on to speak out at the vice president's meeting and I was, you know, speaking from a place that I was hurting, but I was also speaking from a place where I said enough was enough. And I kid you not, after a week of speaking up, I was given a 20% pay increase, which was long overdue. But what really sh should have happened was back payment for the three years that I was underpaid. But lo and behold, I'm thankful and I'm grateful that I did receive a pay increase. And then fast forwarding in November of last year, the day before Thanksgiving, my dad passed away. So that was a loss. But then the win part was that he got to see my book before he passed away, which was incredible. And so now that he's no longer here, like I could talk about, you know, the struggles as well as the wins that I had with my dad because he was a big supporter and he really believed in me. And then another loss after the book came out was the fact that a week after my dad passed away, I got the news that I would be laid off this coming February. So it just goes to say in life, there's a lot of roller coaster rides. There's the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, but perspective is key and how you approach the situation and react to it can open doors because 
even though a door is closing, that doesn't mean that it's going to stay shut because bigger and better opportunities always come from closed doors. You just have to recognize, okay, this season is up. It's time to move on and do something new. And I'm just grateful for the seven and a half years that I've had at this particular Fortune 500 oil and gas company. And it's now going to be a great name to have on my resume and a resume booster. And I have my book in the process. I'm speaking to great people like you on hunger for the hustle. And it's just going to be amazing. So I'm just looking forward to new opportunities that are going to arise. That's fantastic. I love the way that you aren't wavered by anything that happened to you. I just want to take a moment to say I'm sorry for your loss there. Um, yeah, really just take a moment to say that and send out, you know, my love to you on that note. But and then isn't that isn't that crazy? Like, uh, so you're 15 years at this place, things aren't great. You know, you have this, you have this um, review. God, anyone that's watching this, everyone hates them reviews. Like, you feel like you're, um, God, you feel feel like you're back at school. It's just, uh, just, just stupid. And then the way that everything's predicated by your review, it's like this is the review. This is where you what you've been doing for the past X amount of time. And this is basically basically what we believe you can do in the future when it's all about the present, you know, it's all about day to day. It's uh, anyway, moving on from reviews, but the book is born and then the book comes out and then you get pay rise, which you quite rightly deserved and should have got years ago anyway. But then, you know, with probably what's going on with the economy and, you know, it's what a lot of companies are having to do to, to save themselves. They have to let you go. I love the way that you looked at that. As you know, one door closes, another one opens, and there's a hallway full of them doors, right? They never stop opening and closing for us. So what's next? Do you think you'll stay in the same industry? Of course, the book is out. Do you think you'll write more books? I'd love to. I'm really excited to hear what's next for Genesis. I definitely want to write um, book number two to this one to really talk about 2020 because a lot transpired like the 20% pay increase after the whole Black Lives Matter movement, then losing my dad, then getting laid off. So I think that will be book number two in the making or maybe just an ad lib to the current book that I have. I'm definitely um, looking forward to launching something new. I'm not sure if I'm going to stay in the oil and gas industry because it's very sickle. So it's a lot of ups and downs, especially as the market turns. You, I don't want to be walking on eggshells or just wondering. So I was thinking about maybe doing consulting. So in the inclusion and diversity space, not just in the business sector, but I really want to empower children and teach them about inclusion and diversity, especially at young ages where kids are like sponges and they absorb everything because it's so important to teach the younger generation that it is okay to be different and it's okay to celebrate other people that are different. Just because you don't look like someone does not mean that you are any better or less than they are. And we really have to see the world like in our naked eye and not the way that society or social media projects the world to be because I think that anyone could go on social media and placate their life to make it seem as appeasing as it is but behind closed doors they may really be screaming or crying out for help so we really need to you know scale back in a sense and really help the younger generation understand who they are and not what people want them to be. Because I got so sick and tired of always hearing people ask me, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
but they never even took time to ask, who do you want to be when you grow up? And I think that's so important. And that's something that I want to instill in the younger generation, because this book is not just about Genesis and it's not just about me and my legacy, but it's about future generations to come. And I want to pay homage not only to my ancestors, but also to pave a way for future generations to come. The people that are coming besides and behind me and tell them that it's okay to speak up. It's okay to be authentic. It's okay to be you because I feel like so many people are hiding behind masks and um, facades because they're afraid to let the world know who they really are or they play themselves down because they're afraid of what people are going to say about them, what people are going to think about them or perception. But what if what if you did what you always wanted to do and you did it fearless and you did it limitless, then what? So there's a lot in the making for Genesis and I'm just excited and I am, you know, really just going to grab the world and run with it and, you know, be open to trying new things. 2020. <laughs> 2021, your year and beyond. You know, it's it's you've you've inspired me there. You've you've fired me up. I've uh, myself got a lot going on this year, and it's always nice to speak to someone else who's got lots of plans and lots of ideas too. And no, I really share that with you. I think if you have a message, which everyone does, you know, everyone. Well, no, no, that's wrong. Not everyone has a message. I think everyone can have a message. They might may have not discovered it yet. Everyone does, however, have a story, and and from that, you know, everyone's learned things. And I think if you have found a message to that you want to share which you certainly have in fact i would say more than one through the stories and, and experiences you've had what better people to share them with than our young people who are the smaller part of our population but are absolutely 100 percent of our future that's something I, I share share with you absolutely as well and i think you're right in what you say you know everyone asks you what do you want to be when you grow up but not who you want to be and really what you do in your occupation in your career it's a large slice of your life but you know you work so you can live you don't live so you can work and i think people often get that balance completely mixed up um i know i have speaking from a personal perspective and if you can you know ask ask, ask the young people of this world like who do you want to be when you grow up then they may actually end up doing something that they actually just love more than something that's prescribed to them as something that could perhaps earn you, you know, great money or put you in a good position and stuff like that. So I think, um, yeah, great, a great, I mean, your audience would be fantastic to be younger people. Another thing I've thought about as I've heard you speaking, you've got a fantastic voice, very articulated, you know, just really a nice, I was quite, so say quite a nice soothing voice. It makes me think, have you put the, the book out as um, an audio book or are you thinking about doing that? Not yet, but a lot of people have asked me about it. And sure. I definitely sure. think that I I definitely will want the book not only to be in an audio format, but it would mm -hmm. also be so cool to be a movie. And the reason why I say a movie is because what people didn't know about Genesis before I really went to real school or college, I went to acting school. Uh -huh. And <laughs> I definitely wanted to pursue the Hollywood lifestyle and et cetera. But at the time, my parents didn't have all the funds to support me in that dream. So when I got the chance to go to Los Angeles to 
um, audition for the international model and talent agency. It was five grand and my parents didn't have five grand at the time. So mm. that was um, a dream that I had to take the back seat on. But it goes to say that you never know how things will come around 360 or full circle. So just putting it out in the universe and keeping that open because you never know when someone is going to tap me to be in a movie or say, hey, I really want to turn your book into a movie, which someone has approached me. But I was like, I need to make sure I have the finances to do that. <laughs> there you go. You give me exclusives now. You're giving this podcast exclusives, you know, pulling back the curtain there used to be in the world of acting. And like you say, it's going to come back around. Everything starts from that that idea and then belief in the idea. And, it, you know, before you know it, it's actually happening. Um, I find it. Do you ever do much journaling, much writing about your goals and the things you're working towards? I do. I love journaling. Um, one of my foundations is a scripture that says, write the vision and make it plain. Because I believe when you write things down, it's a way for you to see the things to manifest because when once something comes true you can kind of check it off and then whenever you write things down it's a way of holding yourself accountable like you're like okay if i write this down then i definitely want it to come to pass so it's almost like you know just putting your vision out there and seeing it come to place. And I always tell people, not only should you write things down, but you could also have a vision board. Like if there's certain things that you want, get a poster and whether you cut out things from magazines or you pull up pictures online, just put it on a board and do that for 2021. All the things that you are believing for or you're wanting to see happen this year. Because we already had a year that's thrown us for a curveball, 2020, because I thought that was going to be, you know, the year of perfect vision, even though it's, you know, cheesy. I was like, oh, 2020, perfect vision. <laughs> Took me a second to get that. That's funny. <laughs> but it was, you know, nothing compared to Perfect Vision. So mm. let's start the year off fresh. Let's get pumped mentally, physically, and emotionally. And let's mm. take 2021 by the balls and, you know, do things that are ballsy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why not? You know, if um, 2020 was anything to go by, no one wants to go through all that again. So let's just put it behind us, move onwards, move upwards. Don't forget the lessons we learned from it, because I think there was an awful lot of valuable lessons to be learned in 2020 uh, and mistakes not to be made again. Um, yeah, just carry them forth into 2021. And and it's a brand new year, a brand new start. And the reason I asked you about journaling and writing things down is because I've got I've been doing that for years and I, there's books all over the house. Sometimes I find old ones and I'm like, wow, there's six months of journaling. And you and you take flick through and you read them and you're like, oh, I wrote that goal down and I never really thought about it again, but I've actually done it now. And I think that's where the, the power is in it, like you said. It keeps you accountable to yourself, particularly because it's, you know, it's quite private. Look, I've got one just here, like, you know, a small little book like that. It's quite private, okay. you know. It's almost like your it, it becomes your diary as well. You know, it's like the whole dear diary thing. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of value in just that, the actual mechanics of it coming from your brain down your arm onto the paper and spilling out there. And and I think you remember a lot of what you actually write there more in your in your conscious mind because you've written it down rather than just perhaps saying it to yourself or saying it to someone else. Um, yeah, I think there's there's great value in that. Have you ever picked up an old one and gone, 
and just took a flick through and you're like wow it's almost like i wrote my wrote my own script <laughs> yes because it's so cool because you're like oh wow and it's like it, all those feelings that you had during the time of writing it writing it down comes rushing back which is which may sound weird to some people but it's like once you're actually doing what you wrote down it's like oh you get these warm fuzzy feeling and you're like oh yes i did that so you're like hashtag boss moves hashtag winning <laughs> yeah hashtag ballsy moves but it, it does it, it it spurs you on it gives you motivation to, to do the next thing because it might just be a small thing but you're like okay well yeah great it's a domino effect I've done that thing, so now let's try something else and move on to bigger and bigger things. And before you know it, you're accomplishing big, huge things that started just from something small because you believe in yourself and you compounded the effect of what you're doing. So, you know, I think, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, anyone that's watching this, you know, just buy a little book, buy a nice pen so it feels nice when you're doing it and just start writing, start journaling. Some, some days it could be like a sentence, some days it could be three or four pages, but I think just making a commitment to yourself to do it every day huge benefits for you in whatever you do whatever kind of work you do or whatever you're involved in in life and you could also put it in a notes app too on your phone because some people may not want to write down like physically but you can always type it out because we're always connected to our phone so that's an easy reach and you know that's a no excuse because what do people always have in their phone nowadays their phone <laughs> yeah correct. and the voice note thing it works really well on the phone now it's down so well like you can do it when you're driving you can just go hey google or um hey um, i'm trying to think because i don't have apple siri that's it how did it okay. first you'll have to unlock your device okay that's my phone talking back to me <laughs> So that's that's how crazy it is. But you could you can obviously you could be driving along or be anywhere and ask your phone to record voice notes for you, and that could work for a lot of people. Let me tell you, it probably wouldn't work too badly for me because my handwriting is that bad. Sometimes I struggle to understand it myself after I've written it. So if anyone else is like me and scrolls the page like a spider, then um, that's probably a good move for you. <laughs> I want to talk about the word hustle. You clearly have a lot of hustle within you, Genesis, to do what you did for 15 years, to stick at it. It was a rock coaster, like you said, and then to, you know, really put yourself out there as, it, you know, as going as an author from writing from personal perspective and your challenges and things you went through um, and speaking up, really, you know, that's getting out of your comfort zone. It's been quite courageous, and I congratulate you on that. You know, I think people need a lot more people like that in the world to share their stories because, you know, it, it helps other people in their journey, realistically. So I congratulate you on that, but I'd love to know how you define the word hustle and what's carried your evident hunger for it throughout all the ups and downs you've been through in life. So hustle for me is just getting out there and fighting for what you want and what you deserve. And hustle is not stopping at no, because when I think about no, I think about as new opportunity or next next opening or however you want to say it. But no shouldn't just be no. Just think about different ways that you could put a spin on no, because sometimes closed doors are a blessing in disguise. And hustle for me is being able 
to go through the motions, being able to go through the zigzags, the ups and downs, but still, you know, be able to get what you what you want out of what you put in. So whenever I think about hustle, I'm like, okay, I could either hustle for other people or I could hustle for myself because we are our own brand. So how many times do you want to let people pay you to sacrifice or hold you back from your dreams? Because in reality, that's what I felt like I was doing for a few years. My employer was paying me to work there when in reality, while I was getting paid, I wasn't tapping into my true gifts, purpose, and talent because I was going at the beat of their drums, not at the beat of my own drums. Because when you work for someone, you have to follow their policies. Even if you may or may not agree with them, you have to come to work when they tell you to come to work. You have to take vacation whenever they approve your vacation. So how much is someone paying you to sleep on your dreams or put your dreams on the back burner? And when you think about that, your hustle should come to your mind and be like, okay, so I'm really hustling for, for them, but I'm not hustling for myself. But if you take the same amount of energy that you put into someone else that you take out and put that into yourself, how much more can you accomplish? So hustle is about hitting the pavement, hitting the ground running, being willing to make deposits in your own bank account so you can be able to take out withdrawals, being able to go beyond limitations and barriers is a part of hustle. Hustling is not letting people say, um, say no to you and reaching beyond the no's and thinking about it as new opening or next opportunity. Hustling is about, you know, being your full self, being authentic and being who you were created and knowing your worth. Because once you know your worth, you're not going to settle for anything less than you deserve. Love that. Just a, I love it because every time I ask that question, I get a different answer. And I'm always just like, I always have to just take a few seconds just to soak it in because they're always such good answers. And like when I watch these back, which I do, I always watch them back to try and improve on myself and make a better episode and see what I can do better for the audience. That is one bit I always go back to. I'm like, how did that define? How did they answer that question about about the hustle? You know, it's um, it's 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 so interesting how it means so many different things to so many different people. And when you asked me that question, this song, uh, it's like a rap song here. It's like, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. <laughs> it popped into my head, so I was like, oh. Yeah, I always think of that one as well. Every day I'm hustling, hustling, hustling. Yes. <laughs> I can't think who it is. I think it's Rick Ross. I think it's Rick Ross. I think so. Right, right. I'm going to put a link for your book and, in fact, where anyone can connect with you in the comments right now. Best place to get your book is Amazon, right? Yes, it's on Amazon and Goodreads. Got it. I'll put all the links there in the comments, folks. Genesis, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. When this book does become a movie and you are uh, just a, a blockbuster actress, I'd love to have you back on. Yay! Okay, um, we're putting it out in the universe that... Maybe 2021, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America will be a movie. It's a year for big moves. It's a year for big moves. 
let's say this is a year, Jake, that you and I are going places. We're making boss moves. We are breaking barriers, breaking limitations, and Hunger for the Hustle is an amazing platform that is going to reach a lot of people worldwide. And your book is, even though it's in the making right now, it is going to be a bestseller. So I definitely want to encourage you to keep grinding, keep hustling, and really thank you for giving people like me a place on your platform as well as believing in other people and having these open and fluid conversations because I think that's what life is about, building partnerships, networking, because who would have thought an Australian and a Texan could be doing <laughs> could be doing this. So we've been worldwide today and it's just been amazing. We have, and thank you for your time and energy. Thank you for your courage, your belief, and your inspiration. Uh, the book is going to be big. It's going to be huge. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge year for you too. I reckon by the end of the year, I'll be a bestseller, and you'll be a leading actress. Yay! <laughs> Truth, Talk series. Truth Talk series. Yeah, I love it. Truth Talk series on the side here. Has, has, uh, comments. Is that a friend of yours? Yes, she's based in Jamaica. So uh, she's also an author and she is a podcast host of Talk Truth series. And I have had the pleasure to host on her platform several times. She's an amazing author. You have to definitely check out her book, um, Breaking Barriers, Unraveling the True You, I believe. I always get messed up on her subtitle, but uh, maybe y'all can have each other on um, one another platform. Her name is Shanique M.J. Davis. Shanique M.J. Davis, what a beautiful name. Shout out to you, Shanique. Thanks for listening and interacting in the comments. Don't forget, guys, if you're watching right now, you can always interact in the comments, always ask us questions. Um, that's what this is about, the live format. So you can not only watch and listen, but interact as well. So big thank you if you are listening on Facebook. Big thank you if you are listening on YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Twitch, Twitter. Sometimes I forget all the things it's actually on. Um, but yeah, big love to you. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends. They might even enjoy it too. Stay hungry and keep hustling, folks. Thanks, Jeffis. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.